Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today is we're doing something different. And this, it was kind of inspired by two things. Um, Number one, I saw the Jonah Hill documentary with his therapist on Netflix. And that sparked this idea of me, um, in me, to ask my therapist um, if she would let me record one of our sessions and a specific session because her and I had been talking, we have talked for a a while, for months, about the fact that I really wanted to open up about my, more of my story and more of the toxic relationship that I was in and how it impacts you. Um, and I, I've been talking with her for months and telling her that I need, I feel this immense, like, not weight on my shoulders, but like push, this immense nudge of intuition that I, I need to share this story because there's so many women who, I mean, they're in my DMs, they're, I've worked with in my programs who are in similar situations, but I'm not speaking up about it. And I know that by sharing my story, it will impact others because I know that if I would have listened to a podcast episode about this from a podcast I follow, it would have been immensely impactful for me. And so I've been telling her this for months of, I want to share this. And so, you know, this was months, months prior. And she's like, okay, like, you know, you know, you want to make a podcast episode about this. You know exactly why, you know, here's your homework, go and do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And this was months ago. And I would go to click record and I would like, I would just be silent. I couldn't say anything. I would prep what I was going to write and then I would just freeze. I would, I would literally just freeze. And then I would start writing and I would just start, or I would start, start recording. And then I would just stop and I'd start recording and I would just stop and I couldn't do it. And so then in our next therapy session, I would talk about it and I would be like, I feel like my voice has been taken from me when I talk about this. And then we would talk about like the lasting um, effects and impacts of being in a, an emotionally abusive relationship where there's gaslighting and manipulation and lying and all of these different things and how that impacts you. And I'm not going to get too much into it now because what this podcast episode is that we're going to just, once I stop talking, jump right into is literally me and my therapist on a call talking through this and talking through why I want to share this and why I haven't been able to, and also just what this looks like. So first of all, little trigger warning for talking about an emotionally abusive relationship. Also like basically, what's that called? Like honorable mention trigger warning, because I do briefly mention like loss of a loved one as well. So a little preparation for you there. Um, But here's the reasons why I wanted to share this. Number one, I want to be honest about something that's kept me from being vulnerable on here. I've alluded to this in the past couple episodes about being, not being, I haven't been recording podcast episodes consistently in the last year because this 
podcasting is so like I take it so seriously in the sense of to me to get on here and record and not be real about how I'm actually doing and what's actually going on in my life and things I'm struggling with or things I'm thriving with or whatever like to come on and not be real about this massive part of my life it's like what am I even doing what, like if they want three random tips, they can Google it. But if, if I'm going to share those three tips, I want it to be real. And I want it to be like from my heart in a way that I am fully behind. Even if it's three tips of how to raise your credit score, I don't care. I want to be real. And I haven't been. And so it's been so hard for me to record because like this is probably my favorite platform. So number one, I want to be honest. Number two, I also wanted to showcase, and this is what I liked about the Jonah Hill Netflix um, documentary, um, is that you kind of get a behind-the-scenes look of therapy. And at least for me, and I know other people feel this way because I get asked about it a lot, I was so scared of going to therapy because I was scared of being judged. I was scared of um, you know, being told like I'm just, I don't know, something's wrong with me. I was scared of not being able to be myself. And so I wanted to provide this behind the scenes look of therapy. Um, and in this episode in particular, I do like most of the talking, um, which sometimes our conversations are like that. Sometimes she does more, sometimes less, like, but no matter how it is, like, this is what it is. Like, this is, it's just two people talking really openly. And so I wanted to showcase a behind the scenes of what therapy looks like as hopefully a nudge to you to either consider therapy to try it to go back to therapy whatever it is because again therapy literally changed my life the third reason is I know that there's other women who relate to this but are stuck in silence and that feeling is so heavy and in silence I believe there's shame but when we talk about it there's like shame isn't welcome anymore. So um, that's number three. Number four, I know that there's women who will listen to this who don't relate to exactly what I talk about, but I hope you can take away from this the importance of trusting your intuition and also that sometimes it takes doing the hard thing in order to get to where deep down you know you're meant to be. And then Number five, I also just wanted to talk about the lasting impacts of gaslighting, manipulation, and emotional abuse. And that's important and it should be talked about. Um, So anyway, what you're about to hear is a conversation between me and my therapist talking about my struggle of feeling voiceless to talk about my own story despite knowing how many women that I believe it would impact. Um, So I'm going to cut right into that. And then I am just kind of cut it off because then at the end, we're just kind of like wrapping up. So I just cut it off and then I will um, do a little bit of an outro so we can wrap it up. But I'm already, I don't know if you can hear the shakiness in my voice, but I'm already just so, this is heavy you guys. And I, I, (laughs) I wouldn't even say I feel ready to share this. Um, personally, I don't feel ready, but that this nudge of somebody else needs to hear this is so strong. And I think about it all the time. And at the end of the day, my silence is protecting the person who was the gaslighter and all those things over protecting women who I genuinely believe need to hear this. And I'm so sick of protecting someone who is do like who did those, did these things over protecting women who are out there who are going through something similar, but feel voiceless. Okay, let's dive in. Last night, or uh, yeah, like earlier yesterday evening, I got a text from a friend of mine who 
like it's close enough to me to know kind of like what I what I went through last year and she basically said that someone close to her was experiencing something similar and that the um like the person close to her was basically like reaching out and having second guesses of like leaving the relationship she was in and was like doubting herself and was like you know, maybe I shouldn't do this, whatever. So anyway, my friend texted me and said, hey, like, do you, I don't know what to say to her. Like, do you have any advice? Because I feel like she's in a similar situation that you were in. And I sent a text to her back and I basically said, I don't know exactly what advice to give her because, you know, I don't really know her situation. But like, here's what I would tell myself a year, you know, like last, fall like fall of 2021 and so I sent this like long message back whatever and then you know pretty quickly after that my my friend sent me a screenshot because she said okay I'm going to send that message to her friend so she sent me a screenshot and basically the girl was like oh my gosh this was unbelievably impactful this weight has been lifted off my shoulders blah 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 so I read that and I don't know, like at first, like it was simultaneously, it it made me feel, you know, so happy because in so many ways I wish, I wish I could go back and, you know, give myself that same message, but it also in some ways felt a little heavy because I feel like by not talking about things that I want to talk about I'm there's people I could be impacting and helping like with this by sharing you know a little bit more of my story that I feel like I'm not and again like I know I'm not trying to like play God or be like I'm you know I'm the one like I need to save people or whatever but to some capacity like instances like that make me feel like there are women out there drowning. And even though it's not my fault, they're drowning. I have a life jacket and I'm not throwing it because I'm not talking about things that I think could help them. Does that make like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes sense. Why do you think that you're so hesitant to talk about it? I just think Oh, I don't know. Like, I I do know. I I think I have such resistance around talking about it because I basically had trained my mind for... I, I was, like, simultaneously being gaslit for five years while also gaslighting myself into... Thinking like, yeah, into keeping secrets and convincing myself like it's fine, like it it's fine. It, you know, this isn't that bad. Like it's it's fine. And then being you know right. by the you know by my ex of saying like you're overreacting, you're making a big deal over this. Like so simultaneously, like I'm. I can't talk about this. When I was in the relationship, it was like, I can't talk about this because I feel like I'm crazy and I feel like I am overreacting and I am just making a big deal out of all of this. But at the same time, it was like, I had this like deep knowing that like this wasn't right, but my, that, that like intuition, but I couldn't listen to that intuition because because of, like, the gaslighting, I didn't even trust my own intuition. Like, I would toss that out and say, oh, I'm just, like, there goes Chloe. Like, I'm just making this up. Like, I'm just being a drama queen. And I think it's just, like, it's so crazy for me now. Not even now, but, like, looking back, like, the the week after that relationship ended the month, you know, as soon as the week, but like every day since as well, as soon as I was on my own 
immediately I realized in the absence of all that gaslighting and manipulating and lying and all those things, I was like, wait, I'm not crazy. Like that was bad. And I knew it was bad, but I was like, so trained to ignore that intuition and ignore that voice that I stayed. And not only did I stay, but I felt so much pressure to protect someone who, you know, wasn't protecting me and that it was just like, I still feel that. Like I still feel this subconscious, like I've gone to, you know, talk about it on my story and not talk about it in a way of like everyone get popcorn while I you know spill the tea about all these things like it's not that but at the same time there I went through such like I don't what's the word for it like just emotional turbulence and manipulation yeah, I went through so much of that, and weirdly, it was, like, also, like, a kind of a public relationship, and so, also for so long, I struggled with this guilt of, like, people, like, the, the externally, like, people looking in, and, and I was also, like, it was also confusing because I was praised for this relationship, you know? Meanwhile, like, I... I know what's going on in it, and I so da- like I felt like I couldn't say anything or do anything because then I would be bashing him, so I stayed silent, so things look fine, but then because things look fine, everyone praised me for it, and then when they everyone praised me for it, it perpetuated this idea that I must be making up all these problems and I must be overreacting. And it's really not that big of a deal. And it's so heartbreaking to me now when I'm on the other side of it. And like, you know, I still have trauma from that relationship. But like, I am so fucking glad I'm not in it. Like, I'm so, you know, I think, I mean, over the last year, year and a half-ish, year and a couple months, do you feel like I ever really looked back? Once I was out, do you feel like I ever looked back of, like, damn, I'm, like, I don't know, and had regrets? Well, I think you might have reflected on the relationship, but from where I'm standing, it seems like you just soared away and didn't really look back at all. And it's certainly yeah. not with regret. Yeah. It's been it's, it's been positive in well, almost every sense of the word. Yeah, and I think like I think one of the crazy parts that I wasn't necessarily prepared for, like leaving a you know, basically emotionally abusive relationship, manipulative, um dishonest like all those things like I wasn't prepared for the like when you take those rose-colored glasses off like how ugly you get you see it afterwards you know like in my mind when I was in that relationship and especially towards the end of it I was like Okay, like, I was, I was, like, finally admitting, like, this is messed up, but even then, looking back, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, yeah, like, I don't want to be with someone who lies to me constantly, I don't want to be with someone who steals from me constantly, I don't want to be with someone who's just constantly gaslighting me, and manipulating me and all these things like I did get to that point but even then like prior to kind of like the explosion and all those things that happened when I like finally kind of like officially was like like officially officially ended it and like you know shit went haywire 
um, even in that time, like prior to that moment, in my mind, I was still like, you know, I wish you well, like, I just, like, can't do this anymore. You know, like, I was still in that spot. Me, it's crazy now. Well, one, after really bad night where things got scary. Then after that, I was like, okay, psych. I, you know, don't wish you well. Get away from me. Um, But then ever since, like, as time has gone on, and I've realized more and more, one, how to live with myself, how to love living with myself, and just, like, how, how, getting to live in the absence of being treated like that, it, it, it's just, like, unbelievable. It's just, like, so unbelievable. And so now it's, like, I feel like as time went on, I almost got, that's when I not that I necessarily had well, maybe a little anger. Yeah, maybe anger would be the right word. But as time went on, it was like I became so much more sad for the, you know, 19-year-old, 20-year-old version of myself and beyond, like the girl in that relationship, because I felt like as time went on, I could reflect back and realize how messed up it was. But when I was in it, I didn't see it that way. Like when I was in it, I was just like, this is how things are. I just need to be a good, you know, the like good wife mentality. I just need to be a good wife and just stand by, you know, this person no matter what they do. And it's like, that's kind of, that's fucked up. Like that's fucked up in our culture to have that mentality. And to teach that. I agree. You know? And I think, like, also, you know, this mentality of, like, I still, something like this, this is a little off topic, but I just thought of it. Something I still struggle with now is, and, you know, this is kind of, like, you know, uh, fucking, like, what's the word? Um trust issues alert major trust issues alert but um the thought of like standing on it like i've been to you know a couple weddings since i have you know ended my uh previous relationship i've been to some weddings and every time they're standing up there and they're like i promise to you know be with you forever absolutely no matter what i'm like what the hell what do you mean no matter what? Like, because that I think that was the mentality that ultimately, like, ultimately was a huge reason I stayed in that relationship for so long was because in my mind, I was like, I, like, I have to, being a good partner is staying with someone through anything. And, you know, the truth, the truth is like looking back, I was like, no, I should, first of all, we, we weren't married. And so I didn't make that commitment. Right. But I feel like I still had that like wife love. I wanted to be the perfect wife. Like I wanted to be the perfect girlfriend and by no means am I saying I was the perfect girlfriend or the perfect wife. But like, that was definitely a point of trauma for me because I had this idea that like, I'm going to sacrifice whatever I need to. I'm going to stay by his side no matter what he does, but then shit would just get worse and worse and worse. And I would be like, well, I'm already, I've already stayed this long. Like I, I have to commit, right? Like I have to commit. And then, you know, he would then swoop in with the manipulation of like, you know, how dare you not? And um, that I'm just overreacting and stuff. And then I would believe that. And then I would say, so that was kind of like a, a tangent, but I think coming all the way back to, your original question of like, why can I not talk about this still? I think people, there's this, I think there's this like misconception that mindset, your, your mindset, like once you fix it, it's like, boom, done, girly, you're out of here. And the truth is like, it's continuous work, you know, like we talk like 
every week. And every week I'm like, damn, there's more shit to heal, you know? And I think that piece, that piece of me, that 19 year old version of me. And, you know, like I just, I picture the 19 year old version because how old was I 19 or maybe I was 20. I don't know. And, I started dating my ex, but, um, when I was, I, I just remember so vividly, like early on in the relationship, like having this moment of like the, I remember the first time I had to like lie for him basically. And it was so hard and it felt so bad and all these things. But as time went on, it became like just part of my ritual. Like I just had to lie for him because I was protecting him because I was being a good girlfriend. I couldn't tell anyone what was going on behind the scenes. I couldn't tell anyone about, you know, how I felt and how I was being treated because then I wasn't being a good wife, like not wife because I wasn't a wife, but I wasn't being a good girlfriend, but I'm just saying that's a good wife mentality. And so that internal gaslighting of myself, right? Because I would hear his voice and I would be like, he's right. He's right. I am crazy. He's right. I am just overreacting. He's right. I'm so all about myself and so cold that I'm just, I, I just, I need to be more forgiving. I need to be a better girlfriend. Like I'm the one failing. And I would genuinely believe that. And so that mindset piece of like, him gaslighting me and then me not only believing his gaslight but then gaslighting myself into being like he's right he's he's right that voice even though he's gone thank god and even though that relationship is over thank god that voice while that voice is like i've gotten rid of that voice in so many areas of my life Every time that I have told myself, and we've talked about this so much. I remember we talked about this like two months ago and you were like, Chloe, like you, you being silent is protecting him with, because you want to talk about this and you know it's going to help other women who might be stuck in similar situations. So by not speaking, you're protecting him. And I'm like, holy shit, called out, ouch. Um, but I told you, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I didn't do it. And I didn't do it because the voice that I was just telling you about where, like, he would gaslight me and then I would believe that and then I would gaslight myself, that voice still sometimes lives in my brain specifically around instances. Like, even when I talk, even, like, every time I talk to it or about this with, my, like, the only people I've ever talked to about are, like, my best friends and then um my like immediate immediate family and you like that's it and so even when I talk to those people right the people who know me better than anyone who have always known me who I love more than anything in the world who I know love me more than anything in the world even when I'm talking to those people about this the voice that goes on in my head is they think you're making this up. They think you're saying this just to get attention. They think like, blah, 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 blah. Like, this isn't true. All these things. And it's so, and so I noticed myself, especially when I was talking to my friends, that I would like build a court case. I'd be like, I'd say something. I'd be like, you know, he, you know, stole this from me. And then I would like pull up my phone and find like, proof that he did that and then I'd be like see look and they'd be like oh wow and then I would say something else and then I would like have to go and like find proof or a text message where he told me that or he said you know lied to me or something or whatever and then I would he'd be like see and then one time one of my friends was like you know you don't have to like prove that these things are happening like I, I believe you and I was like wait what wait, what? Like, what do you mean you believe me? Because, like, I don't even believe myself. Like, if I'm not, like, staring at the, you know, again, this, like, court case that I've built about 
you know, going through this relationship, like, I don't believe that sometimes. And so it's like, I think that voice in my head of like, you're going to put, you know, you're going to tell people this part, you know, like my deep intuition knows that if I would have heard this, you know, if I would have heard these words that I'm saying now, I genuinely think I would have left sooner. I genuinely think I would have realized and told someone like what I was kind of going through. I think I would have, like, if I would, I, I still to this day say, if I wasn't, if I wouldn't have started therapy almost, you know, two years ago, I would have, I wouldn't have left the relationship. I wouldn't have. And I remember two things you said to me that kind of changed everything for me. The first one was, this was early on. This was probably our, like, fifth call. And I remember, do you remember this? Like, in the beginning when I started talking about my relationship, I'd be like, it's a great. Like, it's totally, it's totally good because, again, I was like, I was trying to convince you it was great as much as I was trying to convince myself it was great. But I was like, it's great, it's great. Um, you know, I do, like, sometimes, like, you know, I get, like, really sad about stuff so I like always have to plan like you know this next thing to look forward to or this next thing or else like I get really anxious and whatever and you were like are you happy because I was saying I'm really happy and you were like are you happy or are you distracted and I was like what the hell Whitney like how dare you ask (laughs) you remember that conversation or asking me that I do remember I do yeah, and, and when I was, was telling you, like, oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, do you remember me, like, at that point in my life where I was kind of, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say lying to you because I genuinely did believe this, but do you remember when I was, like, telling you, like, no, things are great, like, I'm happy, Um, but then you would like ask me questions and I would be like, oh, well, I mean, like, yeah, you know, being lied to, but I I really hope like things are going to, like, I hope he's going to change. And I just like, I just really want him to, you know, stop like lying and, you know, manipulating, stealing, whatever before we get married. Like I just, as soon as that changes, like then things will be good. And but still trying to convince you, like, oh, my God, no, things are great. Like, things are good. I'm happy. Like, do you remember that time? Sure. Absolutely. I, I also feel like you didn't even see it as an option for a while to I didn't. leave that relationship. Oh, my God. That is such good insight. I didn't. I genuinely didn't. So in my mind, I was like, why would I ever talk about that? Because I'm never going to leave because I can't. It wasn't even on your radar at all. No, because I, I think the first time, one of the first times I ever had a conversation with you about like, a real conversation about it, and you kind of, I think that, okay, so the first question you ever asked me was, are you happy or distracted, and that shook me, because all I was doing was trying to distract myself from what, like, facing what, kind of, like, what was going on, but then the second thing you asked me, you said, because it was kind of along those same lines, where I was like, I just, I'm begging him, like, how do I get him to, like, stop doing these things before we get married because I don't want to go into marriage like this, but like, I, like he's going to change. I know he's going to change. And you said two things. The first one was, you know, what if he doesn't? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I've just full spent hope that he's going to. I had no other plan. Um, I just so delusionally, I mean, I'd been in this relationship for like, almost six years at this point, that was my baby carrot was like, I, I, I believed he was going to change every time he, I caught him like in a lie or, you know, doing something. 
he promised me, he vowed to me how much he loved me and how much this was the last straw. And I, I would just believe it every single time, every single time, you know, you'd think like, Hey, get a pattern, learn a pattern girly, but nope, I believed it every single time. And that just goes to show like the, the chokehold of manipulation that was going on there because that was, it's just wild to like think back that. But anyway, the second thing you said is if you met him today, and also, you knew, like, the, I don't want to say, like, on, I, I mean, honestly, yes, you knew, like, the truth about him. You knew, how, like, how he acted, what he did, all these things. If you knew that, because I did not know that when I started the relationship, but then once I was in it, I learned all of it, and then I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. So I'm just, like, saying I can't, you know, tell anyone. So you asked me. If you met him today and like, you know, kind of like knew the truth, would you, would you be dating him? Would you even go on a date with him? I think that's what you asked me. And I said, fuck no. And you're like, you're, and you're about to marry him. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like, do you remember that? I feel like we're doing like a reunion. You know how like on Friends, they do like filler episodes where they're like, they go back and like show old footage. I feel like that's what we're doing now because I'm reminiscing on this so much. But, like, do you remember that conversation of, of me, of you asking me, like, would you go into this relationship if you met him today? Very well. And it, I like, remember that. It was, like, our second session or third. Yeah, if I recall. Yeah, I feel like it was like a couple of sessions after when you asked me the first question of, are you happy or distracted? Because I think for Right, like, I think it took you a little bit to wrap your head around it. Yeah. And then I think the crazy thing is that was the first time I ever even allowed myself to picture what it would be like to leave. And... Two things happened when I did that. Two major things happened when I did that. The first one is that I immediately felt like a failure. Immediately, I felt like a failure. Because up until this point, I had been so private and really never shared any of the behind-the-scenes shit that was going on. And so because of that, in my eyes, I was like, everyone loves us. Everyone wants us to be together. And also, I, I constantly got praise for this relationship. Like, oh, my God, you know, it's perfect. Even though I will say, as people would be like, you guys are perfect. I'd be like, no, we're not. But again, I wouldn't elaborate because in my eyes, I was like, if I elaborate, I'm throwing him under the bus. And I can't do that. I have to protect him. So then I would stay silent. And so, um, anyway, it was the first time that I really pictured leaving and I, you know, I, I was feeling like a failure. I was like, if I left, I think that another thing you asked me is like, if you left, you know, what would that look like? And I was like, I, I couldn't, I'd have to call off a wedding, um, two months, three months before the wedding, like you know, okay, like, I felt like in my mind that only happened on, you know, like, Netflix, Netflix, like, that wasn't, that didn't happen in real life, um, so I felt this, like, massive pressure of that, of, of, like, the thought of calling off a wedding, um, not only to my personal, like, friends and family, but also because it was going to be, like, more public, because I did have you know, an audience of people that, like, paid attention to my life to some capacity. I think I also, it was a huge thing for me also was, like, I knew at that point because my mom was sick that I was not only, like, hey, I know you're, like, sick and everything and, like, shit's getting really bad, but also I'm, you know, going to call off a relationship and, you know, in like just blow up my entire life. And sorry, like, you know, I, it felt like so much pressure to put that on her. And I knew how much like 
she worried about the kid, like her kids, and I didn't want her to worry about me. So I felt guilt for, you know, I was like, if I do this, then I'm putting that pressure on her. And also, like, even though this sounds fucked up, for me, there was a big piece of me that was like, if I cancel this wedding, like, if I have this wedding, my mom, I'll get, I'll get to have a wedding that my mom is at. And if I cancel this wedding, my mom will never be at my wedding. And that, like, broke me. Even though I knew if I was like, well, if that's not who I want to marry or whatever, why would I want my mom to be at my wedding? But it was like in that, in, for that specific thing, it wasn't about who I was married. It was about me and my mom. You know, it was like, I knew I wasn't going to get that moment with her. That was hard. Sure. You know, that was like a really hard pill to swallow. Um, and I will say though, like, I feel like something, this is like very woo woo and kind of off topic, but one thing that like, I really feel like I, there was a piece of me that knew this always that my mom wouldn't be at my wedding is my sister got married. Um, I don't know, maybe like three, four years ago. And her wedding was one of the best days of my life. Right. I mean, think about it. It's like, she's getting married. It's all of her friends and her family, which is also a lot of my friends and family because um, we went to the same college. And so it was one of the most fun days of my life. And my parents were so happy. Um, they were so happy. And I just remember being like, at, I mean, my mom was like sick at that point as well. It wasn't like as bad, but um, I remember being like, if I don't get this wedding, I know that I'm going to cry. I know that my my mom will feel the same way about me on my wedding day that she feels today about Chelsea. And so, and if anything, I got, like, the upfront uh, view of that, right? Like, I was her maid of honor. So, for me, I'm standing there and I'm watching my sister get married. But I'm also looking down at the front row. And seeing, like, how happy my parents were. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm emotional today. But um, how happy my parents were watching her. Um, and, like, and the dance floor, like, later that night at the reception. Like, all of those things. Like, I got to watch my mom experience them. And watch her joy. And I knew that, like, that would be the same for me. So, and I told myself that moment, like, even if I don't get this for myself, this is exactly what it would have felt like. But just on my day, you know. So, oof. But, um, so that was a big one. That was a big one for me. was, like, getting past that. And, um, you know, that's, like a niche um probably problem but I'm sure that's like similar for a lot of people um like being in toxic relationships and knowing like the consequences of leaving are beyond just like the relationship themselves um but yeah so I think that was like that was really big for me was like getting it to a point where I started questioning what would it be like if I left and for me, I'm such a daydreamer. I'm such a, like, I'm a visionary. Like, I, you know, imagine things. And for me, once I started picturing what my life could be like leaving, it was so, all of a sudden, all these things that I just put up with and accepted were just how my life was going to be, no longer felt okay they no longer felt like I wanted to accept that because I started you know trying to tap in and listen to that intuition that I knew I had I'd just been like gaslighting for so long and so I just started like trying to tap into that and like that intuition never leaves you you just stop trusting it and that intuition, I mean, as soon as I started tapping into it, she was screaming, like, run, run, 
get out. And I think we've talked about this one time, but I was at this, uh, I was at this thing and basically it was kind of like this kind of like support group ish vibe. And anyway, I talked about it, um, you know, being in this relationship, whatever else. And at the end of it, this woman came up to me and she said, I know this isn't appropriate. She was, she was significantly older than me. She was maybe in like her fifties, but she had a similar kind of like story. And she came up to me and she said, I know this isn't appropriate. I'm sorry if this is off base. She's like, run. If I could go back and tell myself, my 25 year old self, one thing I would say, run. And I was just like, I was kind of shocked by that because she was one of the few people at this, at this point who had ever kind of heard me talk about some of the stuff of my relationship and her advice was run. And so then I started questioning what maybe like maybe ever in my life is going to say, screw you. I hate you. And I had to accept that and still make the decision. But I started questioning like, actually like what if people believe me and what if people support me and like what if I'm not crazy and I think that was the question I wasn't at that point I wasn't even telling myself like I'm not crazy I was telling myself like what if I'm not crazy like what if I'm not and if and then the answer was like well if I'm not crazy then I need to get out like if I'm not crazy and I'm not overreacting and these things are messed up. What am I doing here? You know, like, then I am strong enough to leave. Like, and I think that was just like, again, this like all circles back to your first question, but I think talking about it is so hard, not because I don't want to share it because I genuinely to my core believe that there are women out there who are stuck in maybe worse situations who are stuck in not as bad situations, but maybe in the middle, like who knows somewhere on this, like kind of like, I don't know, spectrum of, I don't know, emotional abuse. Do, do you think that's fair to say? Without question. Um, who are on this like spectrum of emotional abuse of, who are who who need someone to tell them to run you know who need someone to tell them like you're not crazy for feeling the way that you do you're not you're like who just need these this who need to hear this message and i know that i believe that i i want to talk about it and i haven't because the gaslighting voice still like lives in my head and and it's frustrating because I know by listening to this voice I'm protecting the person who did all these things and who treated me this way and who you know like Taylor Swift once said that someone asked her like do you feel bad that you like write bad songs about men and she was like if men don't want me to write songs about them bad songs about them they shouldn't do bad things you know and weirdly that kind of changed my perspective because I was like the question is like you know Taylor Swift you're talking shit about men and she was like no I'm not talking shit about men I'm talking about the shit that men have done to me and if they didn't want me to talk about it they shouldn't have done these shitty things and that that Yet again, you know, Taylor, Taylor Swift saves me, but that was impactful to me because I think I want, I want to be real and it stopped me because there's so many other things that I've learned in the last year since leaving that relationship that have changed my life in the sense of, it even just like, I'll talk about like, here, you know, here's how to protect yourself with money. And people are like, oh, cool. And I'm like, no, you don't get that this like fucking like is so, so impactful, you know, just like little things like how I, and I talked about this before, but like how, um, when I bought the lake house, like emotionally 
him and I like went into it together, right? Like because we were together and because at that point we saw a future together, like we did all the things together and we like, um, that it, it felt emotionally like ours, but I would not, I was like, no, this is legally, this is mine because we are not married. Like this is, it is all my money going into it. It is only my name on the, um, on the like mortgage and everything. And thank God I did that because if I would have said, okay, no, like even though it is my money going into it and my credit score and my like assets that are being leveraged and all these things, sure. You can just throw your name on it. That is like, Oh my God. It like makes me want to sit Christ throw up thinking about that. And, um, like, thank God I protected myself the way that I did. But then it's like, I go to talk about like, hey guys, like protect yourself. Like, here's how. And it just feels like it falls flat because I feel like I'm not being honest. I feel like I'm like, hey, no, this was like life-changing information. But I'm not explaining that because I don't, I can't say anything. Or, um, I don't know, just like sharing more about, if you have doubts, like I get messages like this every day. Here's the thing. I get messages like this all the time. When people don't know that I was in this type of relationship, I still get messages like, hey, I'm really struggling. Um, I, like, I don't know if I should leave this relationship. Things are just like not great. But financially, and then, you know, it's kind of a financial question. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, I want so, so desperately to like, really pour into this person and support her not just like how to leave a relationship like financially how to protect yourself like all these things but also like you know here's my own experience of things that help me and I feel like because I'm not vulnerable my not only my advice but I just feel cold I feel cold when I'm recording these podcast episodes because I don't feel like I've just been honest about this like massive thing that happened in my life for years and this and I think like this was happening like behind the scenes while in on the stage everything was fine and so it feels like a little I feel like I cheated my audience and these people that I love and respect and this community I feel like I like cheated them because I'm not being honest not only am I not telling them like this important thing these important like experiences in my life but also they saw this relationship as like oh yeah no it's great because that and again like then I feel like a little bit like a fraud because I was the one who shared that but in I don't even want to say in my defense because I don't feel like I need to defend myself because I was doing the best that I could but I I was being honest with what I was sharing because I genuinely believed that at the time. Right? Like, I... Are you asking me or telling me? I think I'm asking you. Well, in my opinion, you clearly know the answer to that question. Yeah. I do. I do. So why am I, I'm, you know, I'm like even gaslighting myself like in these instances. Well, and again, it would switch the proof. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. It is. It is. It's like, I, yeah. And I also think there's, when it comes to not talking about this, I think there's also this fear of like retaliation. If I'm being quite honest, like I fear, I, you know what, I was silent about it for six years and that's what he wanted me to do. And so I did it. And I've been silent for the last, you know, over the last year about it, which I would assume is also, um, what, you know, he wanted, but at this point it's like, why? So I think I get 
I honestly get like nervous about that too of like, you know, there was always consequences for me not just doing what he basically like abiding by the, you know, manipulation or whatever. And so, you know, there's like that fear as well. And I think at this point, like, I just genuinely believe that I'm ready to be real and I'm ready to be vulnerable and I'm ready. You know, I think, I think also I'm at a point where I just, I don't care. Like I really don't care what people think about it. And I think a lot of that has to be like when my mom died of like, when someone dies like that close to you, you're just like, why does like nothing matters, but like not, you know, I mean, in a nothing frivolous matters. And to me, instantaneously, like in that moment, I just cared less about what people thought of me. And if they want to think a certain way, that's fine. And that's okay. And someone thinking negatively negatively of me is like, is none of my business. And I just have to trust that this intuition yet again, can't steer me wrong and can't fail me. And my intuition is screaming at me that there's other women that need to hear this. And so I'm trusting that. You're you're ready to own it. And it sounds like you you know the reason you're not caring about what other people think is likely because you know it so strongly within yourself. Yeah. It, it, you're kind of impervious to that. It doesn't matter as yeah. much anymore. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think, I think it's like a twofold message also. Because um, I know we're like almost at time. But um, I think there's like a twofold message here for me, which, first of all, thank you for letting me record this because I kind of did forget we were recording a little bit in a good way. Like, it just felt like a normal call. But I really wanted to do this for two reasons. One, because I want, I've wanted to talk about this for so long, and I think it's so important. And I haven't been able to do it alone. And I obviously knew, like, talking to you about it because we already talk about it all the time. And I you know, trust your advice more than anything. And like you are, I mean, ultimately going to therapy was like the reason that I was able to leave. Um, You know, so like for that reason, but then the other side of it is, I think I also wanted to record this. And it's, it's so funny because even now in this exact moment, my mind is like, sure, you recorded it, but you're not, you can't post that. Like that is the thought going through my mind in this exact moment how wild is that um so it's like constantly still working through these thoughts like as they pop up but um but the other reason is just therapy alone like I think I think people have this kind of like skewed version and belief of therapy of what therapy is and what you have to say and all these things and I mean, when I started going to therapy, it was just so funny because I was like, I don't even really know what to talk about. Like, I'm like really happy. I have a good life, you know, and you're like, oh, that's okay. Like, you know, tell me a little bit about this. And, you know, we would just start talking about life and by just chatting about life, all these other things would come up. And I think I also want to make this push for people to try therapy because I I truly think therapy is one of the most powerful tools that we have to tap into what our subconscious needs to talk about 
and also tap into the version of ourselves that we want to be but feel like we can't do that like if you would have never challenged me to consider to even consider leaving this relationship or challenge me to ask if I thought you know if I met this person today would I want to date them like if you would have challenged me those questions I would have never allowed myself to go there and no one in my life was challenging me with those questions either because from their perspective, you were telling them. I wouldn't tell them anything. Right. Like, I would never talk badly about, you know, the person I was with. And so it was, I mean, it was just life changing. And so I think, and I think like, you know, for me, obviously you have to like find a therapist that you like vibe with and everything. But like, I think for me, I also just wanted to capture just, talking how we normally talk in the sense of I talk the same to you that I do to my best friends. You know, like I talk and I talk to you about anything. And I think there's this fear of like judgment and this fear of, um, like we're scared because we don't want to face shame and I think that's been one of the most liberating things ever is like coming to you with these, with what to me seem like the heaviest, most shameful thoughts of like, you know, like what we talked about today, me a year and a half ago being like, I feel like I need to call this wedding and feeling like you're, you know, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be shamed. And, and instead being met with like, okay, like, why do you feel that way? Like, what else do we need? You know, what do we need to talk about? you know, how can we dive into what that would look like or what that wouldn't look like or whatever else. And having someone who doesn't have a bias in your life, but also someone who isn't trying to fix you, they're trying to help you heal yourself. And I think that's like the big thing that I wanted to showcase. And also, I mean, sometimes like today I do, I talk, literally nonstop and don't even let you get a word in um and sometimes like you talk a ton and I'm just like vibing and responding so I think it also like vibes that way too sure which is good absolutely so so yeah I think is there anything like from your perspective like did you did you during that time, think, did you ever have doubts of if I would leave or not that relationship? Or do you, did you just like not well, think about it like that? Well, yeah, it was, it was more where you were at the moment. You know, it's, yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, there was no motivation to try and, help you come to this certain conclusion. You know, it's like you came to that conclusion on your own. I just yeah. kind of helped you navigate through the weeds to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It wasn't I like I was trying like, to, to guide you in one way or another. Yeah. And I think that's like exactly what I was saying with therapy is like, it's so, it's, in my eyes, I'm like, I felt so guided to do, to make that decision. But ultimately, like, I was the one who made that decision. I just did not know how to do it on my own. And I needed that, like, support right. system. Okay. Now I'm cutting back in. It is now me a couple days after I recorded that episode or the, the therapy session wrapping up this episode. And to be honest... This, this is hard to record. It's hard to post. It's hard to share. But again, I just have this deep intuition that I needed to record this and I needed to share it. And my prayer is that this was meant to be shared. My prayer is that it will find whoever needs to hear it and that they get out of it whatever they need to get out of it. And um, to end on a higher note, and I, I do hope that this was showcased here, that Yes, the trauma from this relationship can still impact me today, 
but the healing that has come from it has forever changed my life. Leaving that relationship was the best and the most powerful thing that I have ever done. And I get a lot of DMs from people asking me like, who it's to me wild because I'm like, people, I haven't, I've been so silent about this to anyone other than like my family, my immediate family and most, you know, closest circle that it still is like kind of interesting to me that people still DM me a lot and ask like, how do you know if you should end it? Like, how do you know if you should leave your relationship? Things like that. And again, I have no idea what type of relationships those are, but, um, My advice is that if you ask yourself that question, your intuition already knows. By asking that question, you're not searching for the right answer. You're searching for validation of that being the answer. So my best piece of advice to you is to listen to that intuition and practice trusting yourself because you already know. And I am not the expert by any means in well therapy um but also like going through uh an emotionally abusive relationship or anything like that like i i am not the resource for you but we want to make sure that you have those resources again i cannot recommend therapy enough um and so i will um we're going to link up some resources in the show notes of places you can go to look for a therapist. Um, you can go through your insurance to see what your, um, like who's in your network. Um, there are different like apps and things that kind of depends on what type of experience you want. If you want to go in person, if you want to phone calls, if you want to go through your insurance, if you don't like, but please just like go and, um, use any of those resources, but I love you. I'm so appreciative of you holding this space for me to open up about this. And I just, I'm ready to be real. I'm ready to get back to a spot where I feel like I can show up and be real. And even though I like feel like my throat is closing and I have so much like just my chest is pounding talking about this there is a feeling of like a weight being lifted off my shoulder because I'm so sick of being silent about things that I don't want to be silent about because again, there's so much power in just being honest and in sharing your story. So I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you back on another episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast.